Okay, so you guys know that I love podcasts. I love anything from health, wellness, spirituality, uh, psychology, the works. I'll listen to anything. And you know I love the Skeptic Metaphysicians podcast. I was a guest on it. It was a lot of fun. And if you need to go back and listen to the episode, you know where to find it. But check them out. Skeptic Metaphysicians. They have the most interesting people on just just full of knowledge i hear about topics that i'm not really that familiar with in regards to spirituality so if you like my show and i really hope you do because you're listening please go and check them out skeptic metaphysicians Welcome back to Divine Healing by D. Today I have on Zofia Renea Morales. She's a personal coach and a podcast host. She is an award-winning global strategist and a former biophysicist. She also was undiagnosed with chronic Lyme disease for 40 years. Uh, She overcame that she got the help she needed now she helps other people she's the creator of the conscious enlightenment process and the host of talk radio program sovereign self uh she's a transformation alchemist and teacher she guides her clients to find the gold within their most painful life transitions and their personal crises and the paths of passion and purpose with joy tenderness play and lots of warmth She's a lovely, calming soul, and I loved recording this with her. So here she is. Okay, so can you tell us about your quiz that can basically describe our spiritual powers to us? Yeah, you know, I put together this quiz a year or so, almost two years ago now, um, because I had a lot of people who would come to me for readings or whatever and go, wow, I wish I was, you know, super gifted like you are. And it's like, "Mm, you are, you're just not gifted exactly the way I am. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so it became clear to me that people weren't seeing their magic because they're used to it. That's like normal for them. It's like the air you breathe, the, the water a fish swims in, you know. So I put together this quiz to give you a peek into what your combination of spiritual giftedness uh, is here to accomplish in this world. And so some of us are readers and we were able to bring in information that is not normally accessible to our conscious minds. And some of us are channelers that bring through um, entities, for example, uh, God consciousness, this sort of thing. Some of us mm-hmm. are connectors. We, we naturally bring the world together. Um, and so I've got five categories of what your superpower might be. So if you go to superpowerquiz.us and spend 60 seconds or so, we'll let you know what your top superpower is. Great. When did you know that you were gifted, that you had abilities? Well, Hmm, that's a more complicated question because <laughs> it was it was clear I had extra skills when I was a child, and I think that's pretty clear to most of us as kids. We mm-hmm. tend to be really dialed in. We tend to have quote unquote imaginary friends. <laughs> yeah. Turns out are not so imaginary after all. 
Um, but the world, society, trains us out mm -hmm. of it and teaches us to write it off, discount it, shut it down. And in my case, uh, I shut it down because I was raised in a very conservative Lutheran household. And one oh, of the teachings was that miracles don't happen in the modern day anymore. And anything that goes on like that is, you know, of the devil. And, well... As a seven-year-old, I don't want to be of the devil, right? <laughs> no, not at all. Yeah, and so it was many, many decades before I was willing to open up and allow that back into my life uh, from an adult perspective and an understanding that religion oftentimes has less to do with your relationship with God and more to do with the survival of the religion itself or some other human egoic uh, motivation that gets put in there. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it it took a while for me to come back around to being gifted. And then when all of the gifts turned back on, and they turned on rather abruptly over the course of a couple of weeks, uh, you know, the scientist in me spent a lot of time discounting and writing off and explaining away and not accepting what was happening. So it was an interesting process to go through. And once I accepted that, okay, this is this is part of my mission here on this earth and part of where I'm headed, uh, the ego wanted to jump up and go, oh, I'm super special. <laughs> and uh, my God squad made sure that I met a lot of like regular normal people who'd had similar kinds of experiences so that I would get the message that, you are not special. Not that you're not special and unique, but you're not better than anyone else because anyone who has a willingness can stand in this space and allow. I see. Okay, wonderful. And I wanted to get into your, I guess, health issues. You had undiagnosed Lyme disease for a bit. So can you tell us how it changed your life? Because I have a lot of people around me who are currently suffering from Lyme disease or have had it, and I just find myself talking about it more and more. So if you could give us your experience with it, that would be great. Well, sure. I think it's one of the most underdiagnosed things out there. And mm -hmm. I would say to you, if you have a diagnosis of atypical rheumatoid arthritis, atypical lupus, atypical fibromyalgia, <laughs> um, atypical Epstein-Barr, all of these things mimic Lyme disease. And atypical just means uh, this is as close as we can get, but we don't think it's right <laughs> in yeah. medical speak. Um, and so I'd been tested for all the things. And I was still becoming increasingly exhausted. I was literally losing my mind because one thing people don't know about Lyme oftentimes is it's a relative of syphilis. And if you remember anything from school wow. and them talking about syphilis, it will eat your brain if it's untreated. And that's what was happening to me. I was eating my brain. I was having a terrible time recalling even what had gone on earlier in the day, what I was doing right now in this current moment, to the point that I would go in the kitchen to make a simple 30-minute meal, and it would take me three hours because I was continually having to remind myself of, well, why am I in the kitchen? What am I here doing? What's the next step? And so when you 
you know, every moment having to go back through that, why am I here? <laughs> it takes yeah. a long time to get a meal cranked out. And so I was I was a mess. Wow. Yeah. Well, and I looking at it, your soul will use whatever it takes to get your attention when it's time for you to kind of wake up and get on with things. And so what you see happen frequently when it's time for you to wake up and get on with things is you'll be put on the sideline of life in some form or fashion. And in my case, my health, namely my intellect, was one of the most important things to me in my life. And so my soul was like, well, we're going to take that little toy away for a while (laughs) until you start coming to some different conclusions and uh, moving in a different direction. I see. Did you ever look into, I guess when people get sick, they try different healing modalities to find out why they get sick. Did you ever look into why you got Lyme disease besides just getting like a tick bite? Like, is there some spiritual meaning behind it? Um, I'm not sure the spiritual implications of Lyme disease. I do know that I have past lives as a healer, for example. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that, one of the ways we learn to heal and looking at it now, I would call it a little dysfunctional, but it, it certainly works. Um, is to take the illness on from someone else. And I was shown that I took the Lyme disease on from my grandmother in the process of healing her as a young child. Now, it was not something that I did consciously, that I knew and understood what I was doing in the the moment. Uh, It was love and compassion, and I want you to feel better. And I took it on. Well, if you don't know what you're doing consciously, you don't know. You have to take the next step and get rid of it yourself. (laughs) And so I had it for a very long time, Um, probably about four decades by the time we got rid of it. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's a long time. It takes it a minute to get to the point that it eats your brain. (laughs) So (laughs) a little something more upbeat are do you consider yourself someone who takes affirmations seriously loves their affirmations what's your favorite affirmation or saying that's really powerful that you recommend others to i guess take on and say i have kind of a, a mixed checkered history with affirmations and i think some of it came from finding them a little too early in my journey <laughs> oh. Because I can remember in my in my twenties, my early thirties, it was mm-hmm. about the time I found affirmations, and I would stand, you know, in front of my mirror and go, "You're so beautiful and smart and whatever." And this little voice in my head is going, "Bullshit! That's a lie. You're not all that." Wow. <laughs> and so, it's, I had to make friends with that voice in my head before affirmations were useful to me, because mm-hmm. of that that automatic negating response that would come up. And the more I affirmed and the more aggressively I affirmed, the less I I received it. And so it wasn't until I started to make friends with the voice in my head, which is my ego, um, and learn a little bit more about what the ego is here to do for us, that affirmation started to work for me. 
And so I do have some favorites now. <laughs> and uh, one of my favorites is All in Perfect Time. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so it, I'm one of these people who's kind of geared to I'm on time or early and all of that kind of like type A sort of behavior around time. And so it's been useful to me to kind of help release that by just affirming, you know, if something's going wrong or I'm running late or it's not unfolding the way I expect it to, it, it will all happen in perfect time. It's all in perfect time. And so it allows me to just release that mind expectation, that ego urgency that I have to make this happen right now because now might not be the moment for it. I see. Okay. I like that. That's interesting. I never had anyone tell me I had like a checkered past with affirmations. It's usually like you enjoy them, you it's like one of your practices or you don't do it at all. I've never really seen like an in between. I don't know. <laughs> well, I've I've experienced both ends of it, if if that makes any sense. And as I said, the the real key was recognizing that it's my ego that's resisting this and learning to make mm -hmm. friends with that egoic voice in my head and give it a different job description, right? Because yeah. everything we're given, as painful as it is sometimes, is actually a tool and something to move us forward. As much as it sucks, Absolutely. you know, your your little mind is like, oh, this is so terrible. Why is all this shit happening? But it's always an opportunity into something else. You just may not realize mm -hmm. what that something else is until you're much farther down the road. Amazing. Okay. So you're also the creator of the Conscious Enlightenment Process. Can you tell us what that is? The Conscious Enlightenment Process um, basically is a process in which I look at why you're here, what mm -hmm. your major skills are, what your major goals are, what your major challenges are in this life that you've planned for yourself. And I do believe that we plan these lives before we arrive. Uh, and we get really ambitious because we forget how dense it is to be in a body. <laughs> mm -hmm. And so Very a lot tough. of times you're like, oh, my God, I'm drowning. I'm going down for the third time because I, this issue keeps coming around. And mm -hmm. so in the conscious enlightenment process, we look at all of that. And we we look at your history in light of all that. And sometimes just that process alone is enough for somebody to go, oh, well, thank God. You know, it's not just this random shit happening to me. It's actually, you know, something that's here to serve me. And now that I see the pattern, it helps me to decide on a different way to deal with it, to actually consciously learn the lesson, because sometimes it takes us a while to really absorb the lesson that these repeating things that happen in our lives are here to teach us. Uh, and sometimes you just come to the conclusion that, you know what, I am so over this lesson plan, I'm not getting this in this life, and I'm not willing to do that anymore. And so then we look at doing a, a soul contract renegotiation and mm -hmm. say, okay, you know what, this unconditional love is really intense, <laughs> yeah. and it's the son of a bitch lesson. You know what, why don't we put the pin in that one? We'll come back to that in another life, and we'll take on something a little less ambitious and more doable, more manageable. And so we do that. And um, the other thing that I do as part of this process is I help um, resolve, like, key psychological conflicts 
subconscious programs and patterns that we bring in that sabotage us, and even some of the virtual reality equipment that we bring in with us that makes this life so real feeling. <laughs> it's sometimes helpful to be able to take some of that off so that you can look behind the scenes and see what what the characters and the players and the situations are about. So, uh, yeah, we do a bunch of interesting things in the conscious enlightenment process, and it's completely bespoke. So it's exactly what you want, what your soul needs right now in this moment, uh, as mm -hmm. opposed to me having this agenda of I'm going to move you through all of these steps and stages. Right, yeah. Right, right. Well said. So how can we use it to basically start making miracles happen? Ooh, how to start making miracles happen. The first thing to know is miracles are already happening. Mm -hmm. um, and that you're part of making them happen on a regular basis, whether you realize it or not. So the first step is kind of acknowledging the miracles that are taking place in your life, around you, um, and with your assistance. And sometimes that's one of the hardest things to recognize because we're taught so much that, oh, well, it's just this coincidence as opposed to mm -hmm. it's a carefully orchestrated synchronistic event <laughs> that you went right. to the store when you went to the store and met your life partner there, you know. <laughs> mm -hmm. So I think that's one of the first things is acknowledging and recognizing that miracles happen every day. And I think it helps to know that there are really two kinds of miracles out there. There's the big M miracle that you think of, you know, like the the spontaneous remission of cancer, this sort of thing. Mm -hmm. um, kind of the exception to the rule sort of miracles. And then there are the regular daily routine. I think of them as the divine feminine miracles, the process miracles, the the miracle that you can join with your partner and create another life and have that child that you can plant a seed in the ground and it predictably becomes a particular type of vegetable or fruit or tree or whatever it is that will continue to grow and provide abundance and prosperity moving down the road. And I think those are the ones that we so easily discount because they mm -hmm. are a process. They are predictable. Um, and so recognizing those and delighting in those makes all the difference in the world. Ooh, I like that. That's very nice. So could you also give some tips on probably how to thrive as a sensitive person spiritually emotionally all that how do you uh how do you handle all that you can do all your gifts and abilities yeah well initially they feel like a curse in a lot of ways mm -hmm. and yeah. if you've been turned on since a child and you're an empath for example and there are many varieties of empaths but we'll just go with a generic empath right now um, mm -hmm. you tend to develop, hmm, what do I want to say, coping mechanisms that are not always so healthy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, because we're not taught how to deal with that because society does, denies so much that it exists. And so for those of us who are very 
tuned in and turned on and super sensitive, we get given a lot of grief about being so sensitive. And we tend to become people pleasers or people avoiders, depending on which works better for you, uh, because we've got so much more emotional backlash that comes with like the social pushback saying no Mm -hmm. for example right no one likes to say no and you'll take these assertiveness courses and they're like well you know you just have to be polite and firm about it you don't have to explain yourself you know and they go through all this whole thing but it doesn't address the fact that when you say no to someone they have an emotional reaction to that and when you're an empath or a highly sensitive Mm -hmm. person you get the full brunt of that emotional backlash when you say no. So it's not Mm -hmm. just being assertive enough to say it, but also you need to kind of brace yourself for that kick in the teeth of the emotional backlash that comes with it. Um, And so that's why a lot of empaths are huge people pleasers and they want to heal everyone around them, whether the people around them are ready to heal or not, because they're taking the the blowback of of everything that's going on in everybody else's life. So it's a really difficult position to be in. And one of the best things you can do for yourself, it's cheap and it's easy, and you don't even have to interact with anyone necessarily to do it. Um, I found a lady by the name of Rose Rose Tree, and she has a four-part book series on the Empowered Empaths. And book one is the one that I most highly recommend. If you want to do all four, you know, knock yourself out, but do book one. Mm -hmm. It will make your life so much better, and it will allow you to release some of these coping mechanisms that are only kind of working for you but really hurting you in a lot of ways. So it's literally 30 days of exercises, and you test out this one, and you see how it works for you, and then you test out the next one and see how it works for you. And since we're all wired a little bit differently, some of them will be like, yeah, that that's not helpful to me. And others of them, of them will be like the bomb. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. And my favorite one, and this was the one that I really took away from that book that was hugely helpful to me, is you're, as an empath that's turned on, your volume is all the way up. You're hearing everybody yeah. at full volume. And it's just crazy making you can turn people down you can turn them down as a group or you can turn them down one by one and so i i did her little exercise i would go to the gym at odd hours so there'd only be a couple other people in there (laughs) again this Mm -hmm. avoiding people isolating thing right but the great thing is when you only have one or two people it's a perfect opportunity to practice this and I got to the point I could turn people way up and I could turn people way down. And it's like, oh, 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 how cool is this, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can get quietness without having to run away from them. And right. so that, that's been very, very helpful to me as a sensitive person. And there are a whole bunch of other tools in there as well. But that's my favorite one. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. Any other, like, cool spiritual tips that you do that you'd like to share? I love that. Ah, you know, there's a lot of interesting stuff out there. And um, Mm -hmm. one of the things that I have gotten into fairly deeply is this thing called shielding. I know a lot of people in the New Age thought circle, it's like, oh, I have my little ball of, of golden light and it, you know, keeps me safe and warm and fuzzy. 
and there's nothing wrong with the golden ball of light. Use your golden ball mm-hmm. of light. It's amazing. Uh, but it's not the be-all and end-all of shielding. And so there are moments when you're maybe being attacked or there's backlash going on or you're fixing to go into a situation where you know people are going to be upset. There's other shielding you can do that's even better. And so shielding is one of my favorite topics and one of the things that I actually go into in pretty good depth with the people that I work with because Mm -hmm. there are so many additional things you can do that work even better. Oh, okay. So explore so, different kinds of shielding. <laughs> okay. Is that is that same as like veiling or no? Uh, it's a little bit different. Shielding is more active than veiling. Veiling is more like hiding yourself or disguising, which has its place. Uh-huh. Um, but shielding is literally more of a defensive mechanism. So veiling is, I just don't want you to see me, so I don't have to deal with whatever you're going to throw my way. (laughs) Shielding is, yeah, you can see me and throw shit at me, but guess what? (laughs) You can't touch me. (laughs) Ah, that's a good, yeah, that's good to differentiate. Do you discuss these things on your podcast as well? Uh, It depends on the visitor that I have on, on in each week, you know, everybody has kind of a different aspect of their journey. Uh, mm-hmm. And so we kind of focus on what the theme is for that for particular person. And so I do have some empath conversations out there. Um, I don't know that I've talked about a lot of grounding. There might be one or two, like, grounding, shielding conversations. Um, look for, if you go out to SovereignSelf.live and you look mm-hmm. for Maya, um, okay. I probably had a conversation like that with her because she does spiritual self-defense. Nice. Good to know. What's the goal for the podcast? Like, who do you, is it just anyone different, just peelers and psychics come on and talk or what's the goal for it? It's, it's kind of broader than that. Um, we all have a slightly different spiritual path that we walk. And when you first get on that path, if you've waited until late in life, especially, you start to feel kind of like I'm the only one. And Mm -hmm. you're not the only one. There are many people who have similar paths, paths that might converge with yours for a while and then separate. And so it was to give you a place to go to find people who are maybe going through what you've gone through and to give you some insight some tools and some hope uh, if you're in that, what I want to say, despairing moment where it's like dark night of the soul, I'm the only one going through all this strangeness. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's You can connect with the stories and even connect with the guests on the show because I have a page where you can do that um, to get some support around what's going on for you right now in your particular spiritual unfoldment. I see. Okay. Interesting. So is there anything that our listeners would be surprised to know about you that not a lot of people know that you could share? Mm, What you would be surprised to know about me since you were introduced to me as a practical mystic is that I spent four decades of my life as a very scientific and rational person uh, Mm -hmm. and that I've got an advanced degree in biophysics. (laughs) I love that. I mean, 
the skeptics, I guess, who listen to me would say, hey, okay, I could run with this lady. <laughs> like, I could, I could believe her. I can, I'll look into her because that's at the end what they want to see. They want to see some, like, evidence and backing, some education, not just, yeah. hey, studies with this. Just trust me on this. Yeah, exactly. Well, and it's an interesting balance to walk with a foot in both of those worlds. And I think there's a lot to be said for doing both of those things um, because it provides you with a balance that you don't otherwise have. You're you're walking a middle road that society doesn't typically walk. <laughs> They're like, you're either a humanist or you're one of these weird woo-woo people. And well, no, there there can be a space in between because there are gaps that science cannot explain. And there are certainly places where adding additional, what I want to say, spiritual energy and intention uh, is very helpful to your rational, you know, Gantt chart, <laughs> your project management scheme. <laughs> Great. Recording. Thank you so much for coming on. Can you tell everyone to where to find you, where to reach out to you, if they'd like to talk to you? Oh, yeah, I, would, I would love to do that. I mentioned the podcast um, URL earlier, which is SovereignSelf.Live. But if you really want to be in contact with me, I have two doors, and it's up to you which one feels more comfortable to you. If you kind of want to circle around me, get to know me at a distance before you have closer contact, I would encourage you to go out and take the superpower quiz. It puts you on my email list. You can kind of lurk to your heart's content <laughs> until you're ready to, to come and have a conversation. Or if you've got some stuff coming down in your world and you really need to talk to somebody right now, there is that mm -hmm. door as well, and you can go through that door at bookzofiacoffeechat.com. So that's B-O-O-K-Z-O-F-I-A coffeechat.com, and you could get 20 minutes on my calendar, and we can go through what's happening for you and uh, hopefully get you down a road that works for you. <laughs> Great. Yeah, thank you, Zofia. So nice talking to you. We'll be in touch. Thank you. I appreciate you having me on. Of course. Take care. Bye. I'm so excited for this next partnership. I love CBD. I love hemp. They have both helped me so much in my wellness journey. And I'm always open to partnering with amazing brands that can help others. And Feel Good Hemp was started by Noah. Noah's father was diagnosed with cancer and he was on a mission to heal him. And that's what he did. He created this amazing brand of tinctures, gels, and bombs. The bomb is called The Bomb. It's really amazing. It has the cleanest ingredients, just oils and hemp. What more can you want from that? He's been so, so sweet to give my listeners a code, 25% off, free shipping, if you use the code DIVINE25 at checkout, uh, it's basically the subscription coupon, but you're not subscribing. You're just getting the deal. What's better than that? Thank you, Noah. We really appreciate you. And yeah, so go to Feel Good Hemp and check him out. DIVINE25 at checkout. And let me know what you guys think about it.
Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I just wanted to give you a friendly reminder. If you like what you're listening to, if you like my content, if you like my podcast episodes, really appreciate ratings on Apple, reviews, subscribe, share to your friends, family, anyone you really think would benefit it. And thank you always for the support.